Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a Bible study every day, short time, about 13 minutes for all of our podcast listeners. You know, getting us into God's Word every day is crucial to our spiritual life and well-being, to our eternal destiny and optimism. Being in God's Word helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps us to maintain that good, strong, personal, and close relationship with our Heavenly Father, and it helps us stay focused on our soul's salvation. You know people in your life who need to make these changes, don't you? Probably some within your own family. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. Get them into God's Word through these short studies. You can share easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with everybody you can, literally. You may help turn a life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're getting toward the end, not quite there, but we're getting toward the end of our line of thought and study, asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And I think a lot of people are perplexed over this. We've talked about that. They wonder, why did that happen to me? Or why did that happen to my friend? Or why did that happen to my grandma or grandpa? Or maybe my mom or dad or my little boy? You know, having preached for decades, uh, as a gospel preacher, I have done funerals for all ages, from newborns all the way up to elderly individuals. Yes, newborns. I remember a young five-year-old boy who got hit by a car. How tragic that is. A bad thing, we would say. And I would agree with that. From the perspective of those parents, that family, they've lost their five-year-old. But there are all kinds of bad things that happen. People's houses burn down. People are in car accidents and they're injured and sometimes handicapped for the rest of their lives. People suffer from all kinds of life-threatening illnesses, cancer and, and all kinds of illnesses. They, we see people all the time with mental disabilities. People are handicapped to the point that they cannot work a job. People suffer all kinds of tragic circumstances and even natural disasters. We would look at all of these and we would say, well, boy, that was, that was a shame. That was a bad thing that happened to those people. And a lot of those people we would look at and say, they're good people. We're reasoning from a human perspective. They're good people, respectable. They work their job every day. They take care of their family. They, you know, respect others around them. They're exemplary as far as citizenship is concerned. We say good people. But now, what did Jesus say when the rich young man came to him and said, good master, what good things should I do that I might inherit eternal life? Jesus' initial reaction was, why do you call me good? There is one good, and that is the Father in heaven. You see, we reason from a human perspective, and we call people good based upon, well, our human reasoning, 
that comes from our association and experiences in this life. But there are a lot of people we call good who are not, not necessarily good from God's perspective. They're not living godly lives. They're not living according to his teachings. They're not faithful, dedicated Christians. Now, they're not, they're not going out and murdering somebody. They're not going out and breaking into somebody's house. But they're not good from the standards, from the perspective of the standards laid out for us in Scripture. The only way we can be counted good is through Jesus Christ. Repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us from the guilt of our sins, and then God counts us righteous or good. We need to understand that basic fundamental lesson. But even to those people, bad things still happen. And that's part of the reality of life in this world. Now, let's go back to the garden again. Genesis chapter 3 this time. Now, we looked at how God prepared that garden. And I really do think we're, we're talking about basically paradise on earth. The way God prepared that garden for the first human beings when he created them in this earth. Now, then they turned from God being succumbed, well, succumbing to the temptation of the devil and sinned against God, and everything changed that day. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Huh. Now, you get the idea, I think, that they had been in the presence of God previously. We go back to verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, uh, not really, but that's the story the devil gave her as he tempted her to eat that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, forbidden to them from, uh, by God, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And then that's when they heard God, or after that is when they heard God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves. Verse 9 says, The Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I get the impression that they had been in the presence of God previous to that day when they sinned against God. They had been naked. In fact, verse 12 says, uh, verse 11, God's speaking, and he says, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? You see, we're to understand, I believe, from that discourse between Adam and God and also the example that we read there that once they, eat of that, they ate of that forbidden fruit, once they entered into sin, they were ashamed of their nakedness. God says, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of that fruit that I told you not to eat of? Well, <laughs> the answer was yes. 
And so once they did that, once they disobeyed God, they not only entered into sin, they became sinners. And everything changed at that moment. Everything changed. They were ashamed of their nakedness. They covered themselves up. Now, before that, they were sinless. They did not see anything sinful, did not have sinful thoughts, did not take part in sinful actions. But now, sin was in their conscience and their consciousness. And so, they hid from God. You cannot hide from God. God knew exactly what they had done. He knew when they had done it, the moment they had disobeyed him. And then the blame game began. Adam blamed the woman, his wife, and also God because God gave her to him. And the woman blamed the devil. But you see, Eve did not make Adam eat that fruit. The devil did not make Eve eat that fruit and try to share it with Adam. They made their own choices individually, and their choices were self-destructive. As a result, God pronounced judgment upon them. Pain, such as they had not experienced before, would enter their lives. The toil of labor to make a living, to produce food from the ground, would be less than 100% effective. It would become hard labor, and there would be problems that would result. Thorns and thistles would grow up among the crops. And God removed them from that garden. No longer were they in that paradise on earth. And he put up guard in the form of an angel to keep them out. They could no longer access the fruit of the tree of life. And so physical death immediately became a reality. And with physical death came all of the contributing consequences and experiences of dying physically. Sickness, pain, suffering, sorrow, crying, agony. All of that because they sinned. They sinned. Next time we're going to come back and we're going to look at what God did because of man's sin. Not just that he expelled them from the garden, but what he did to try to give them another chance. And in giving them another chance, he gave us another chance. Let's pray. Father, help us to recognize the evil and the self-destructiveness of sin in our lives, and to turn away from it and to come to you through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation, and help everybody all around the world to learn this lesson, Father, we pray. We pray for your forgiveness, gracious Father. Please hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.